right, everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron, And I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And guys, today we're doing some stuff a little bit different. We didn't read a book this week. We watched a movie based on a book. We watched To All the Boys I've Loved Before, P.S. I Still Love You, the sequel on Netflix. Yeah. It's based on the book by Jenny Han, as was the first uh, movie, uh, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Um these titles, they're are they bad? <laughs> they're long. They're long. Yeah, I, I like the movies. The titles could be truncated. Well, here's what this should have been called: Two All the Boys, with the number two. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Two All the Boys, and then you could do subtitle. P.S. I love you, but two, number two All the Boys. It's there right we there. go. And that person you hear on the mic is, is producer Patty. <laughs> producer Patty, he couldn't wait to be introduced. He just needed to jump on. I had to produce notes. hot title takes. I had a. Pro- <laughs> I have to produce whether it's our podcast or these uh, huge feature films <laughs> that everyone loves. I have to produce. Yes, <laughs> I must produce. I must produce on my tombstone. <laughs> he must produce. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so producer Patty's joining us because he loves movies. I do. And so yes. I'm going to talk about this movie we all loved, we all liked. I don't I, know. What did you guys think of it? I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. P.S. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I love this movie. And I didn't love the first one. That's so funny. But I like this one way more. I'm the same way. Oh. Not, I did not love that first movie. Why didn't you love the first movie? I, I don't know. It It didn't. It, it just everybody went wild for it. And I understood why they liked it so much. And a lot of the reasons I saw in this movie, I mean, obviously, this is the a sanitized in a good way depiction of high school and love because everybody every set is so meticulous. Mm-hmm. Everybody is so beautiful and meticulous. It's just a very warm but sterile kind of world that is really inviting and comforting. And I think even the music choices, all that stuff, I really resonated with me watching this one. And I think what I liked about it is because it's more lived in than the first one. The first one, there was all the machinations going on with her having to pretend to be Peter's boyfriend and all these things going on. And this one was simply, does she pick Peter or does she pick John Ambrose? And I thought that that was, I think, a more interesting film than the first one for me, mm-hmm. at the very least. Yeah, I I like that. This the first one, like you said, is a little. Tro- I mean, it's very tropey in that it's a pretend. You know, you have to pretend fake to be relationship. something you're not. Fake relationship. This one had a really interesting uh, premise, which is is now that she's gotten what she's wanted, what she wanted is being a girlfriend, all that she it's cracked out to be. And it was a a cool thing where it starts with, you know, I think I might be bad at being a girlfriend. And then they explored that and it was really fun. Yeah. What did you think, Aaron? I, I definitely liked the first movie more than I liked this one. Um, but I did like this one as well. I agree. It's a very like hyper realistic, like very beautiful depiction of, 
high school, which I think is nice too. Cause I think so much in pop culture, high school experiences, it's all like people doing drugs or being really dangerous or being really reckless, which honestly, like where I grew up, it's like people were for the most part, nice and cared about their families and cared about school. And were just like, we're not as beautiful as these people as like Laura <laughs> Condor and stuff, but like, in general, it like this seemed like a better reflection of like what it was like to be a teenager um, than you know other other versions, which I really like. Than the Porky's movies, yeah, than the Porky's movies. The yeah. Porky's th- those characters were supposed to be in high school. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, When's the last time you guys rewatched Porky's, Aaron? Now, I don't think I ever watched <laughs> it to begin with. A couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, yeah, me too. But yeah, so this movie you didn't like as much, but you still liked it, right? No, I still really liked it. And I think what I liked about the movie as far as also it being like impossibly bright and beautiful and always wearing like, you know, beautiful clothes and everything is so much of this movie is about like moving from childhood into adulthood. Um in a way that Lara Jean always is constantly resisting it. She's so nostalgic and it's a little bit funny because they're like, remember eighth grade? And it's like, well, you're in 11th grade now. So that was only like three years ago, four years ago. They act like it was so long ago and they were different people. One of the characters says that in sixth grade, they were obsessed with Michael B. Jordan in Creed. And I thought that can't be possible. (laughs) That can't be possible. That just came out. That just came out. When did it come out? Do I 2000, well, Creed, the original, came out in what, 2015 or 16? And so if they're in high school now, yeah, it was only a, it was four or five years ago. But in high when you're younger, uh, every year, it's dog years. Every year is 10 years. Yes. Like you are a, an eighth grader and a, and a 10th grader are completely different universes oh it's, different it's a quantum species. leap mm-hmm. 2015 creed came out so that's five years ago so that makes sense that for it, us that's it's 11 minutes ago <laughs> yeah. exactly and for a high schooler it's half their life exactly <laughs> yeah well yeah so what i found interesting about it and i have been thinking lately just about like nostalgia and how destructive nostalgia can be and she basically has to let go of that constantly wanting to go back in order to be able to move forward with peter kavinsky um, and I really loved that. And I thought that was a really interesting thing to explore. And it's an interesting um, thing that happens when you're 17, 18, you're starting to look at college and leaving the house and um, your entire life's about to change. So you look forward and back. And I think um, I like that aspect of it. Well, nostalgia used to be a disease they diagnosed in soldiers. Did they? That's what nostalgia was. It was a diagnosable disease. It was people missing their home and missing their past. And now that's something. And now it's like eighty percent of the economy <laughs> is, is that, absolutely. Yeah. What I didn't know that. That's crazy. That's for real. Yeah. But also, like as a soldier missing your home, isn't that just like normal? Shouldn't you miss your home? Some soldiers do. Some soldiers don't. Right. You're not supposed to, I guess. Back yeah. in the day. No, you're supposed to just do like, what you order. You better be are. happy in this trench. Exactly. This right. trench is your home. Jeez. So this movie, I thought, was really fun. The one thing I will say, though is that I do wish that we saw a little bit more of Laura, right? I said Laura. Right. Laura. What? Laura Jean. Laura Jean. Jeez. Laura Jean, Laura Jean, and Peter in 
blissful love for a little bit longer. Yeah. I, I did, they did have some fun at the beginning, but she does. She's nervous from the start because they go on their first their first actual date at the beginning of the movie. And that date is so great. And that date's so great. But we see them go to the restaurant and look at the menus, and then we don't see them actually at the restaurant. And I wanted to see more of that. And then he takes her on fun you things. You wanted apps. I wanted apps. I wanted uh, main course. I wanted dessert. I wanted the uh, aperitif or whatever that little drink you have at after. They're high schoolers, though. That if if you're going into that scene looking for apps and looking for aperitifs, you're going to be disappointed because they're high school kids. They're splitting entrees. They're getting entrees. You're right. They're splitting yeah. entrees. Yeah. But he takes her to a really... They're stealing salad. <laughs> he takes her to a fancy restaurant. I feel like his mom gave him money. Yeah, so did you... My my parents used to pay for my dates sometimes when I was in high school. Once in a while, I would get some money if I was, like, taking a girl out. Oh, I didn't go on, like, formal dates in high school. Well, like, you didn't take... Well, that's... Well, Pat, did you ever take a girl to a restaurant? Uh... A pizzeria Uno. I've heard squad. so much about this Uno. Yeah, I, I, that was my money. I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting paid date money. Well, I wasn't getting paid date money, but I <laughs> said, "Can I get twenty bucks? I'm going to take a broad out." Right. You know. Take no, I wasn't getting. I wasn't being handed money to go. You know. Oh, hang well, out now, with high school. Wow, I really like feel like I'm being judged for my. I no, don't know. It's cool. You're. You're. You're very privileged. Ugh, I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> but I mean, like once in a while, I would get extra money to go somewhere nicer. Mm-hmm. Nope. All right. No. Not us. I remember going on dates, like group dates, and then being really nervous that somebody was going to pay for me because then I was like, oh, then it is a real date. And then he likes me and I can't just like be over here in blissful ignorance. See, you're younger than us because I think that group dating happened a little bit past us yeah me and pat Mm -hmm. i think you still took a young lady out at my at our age and now it's they're all using the cash app who knows who's paying for these high school dates anymore yeah it's 18 people switching partners who knows i don't know what's going on i only know about teenagers from watching those magazine shows straight prison shows (laughs) yeah or just like like those tv magazine shows that are Mm. like the new oh it's just the six o'clock news yeah yeah and they're all it's always scary (laughs) rainbow party oh rainbow party yeah lipstick parties dates (laughs) (laughs) i know with the cash (laughs) venmo dates what that sounds horrible what is that that sounds gross but don't you wish that you saw them a little bit happier before <laughs> it no, got. No, that's not how movies work, Clayton. No, like, how but... long are we gonna we're gonna sit through an entire meal? You'd be like, God, wait. No, I want to see them. Right? I thought we got a really good sequence at the beginning of them being super happy and fun together. They yeah. went and they would they look at the stars or they they had like they a nice. Like the... Oh, they lit the the balloons. The, it was a uh, the uh, lamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paper lamps. Paper lamps. Yes, that was a really was. cool scene. That was beautiful too. Yeah, that was beautiful. But then also, like you would normally listen to the. I mean, sorry, you would normally watch this right after the first movie, and the first movie ends with them being. Together. Not necessarily. Yeah. Why would you watch these back to back? Um. Yeah. I think a lot of people did that. Well, because it's Netflix. Why not? Netflix had the recap, which was key. Because I was like, "Oh, am I going to have to watch the first one again?" Because I'm, I was a little bit not. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember a lot of it. And but the, then, they, they also wedge in a pretty good 
uh, exposition recap of the little sister at the dinner table does a, in the remember before yeah. when I got you together because of this and that and and it was funny like they 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 caught us up. Oh, and she's so cocky about being a matchmaker, Kitty. Yeah, Kitty's annoying. Can See, we just say she I'm is. I'm not a Kitty fan. I'm not a Kitty fan, but uh, just enough Kitty. They did not overdo it with the Kitty because so John Corbett plays the dad. I love him. Foxy he's, as all hell still. And he's somebody that is also comforting. When mm-hmm. he's the dad in a movie, you know you're in good hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he's in one of my favorite rom-coms ever. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Two. Second one, better than the first. Oh, okay. And that's one of the reasons why I like this one better than the first, because I like lived-in movies. I like mm-hmm. the fact that that you was... You like Corbett sequels. I like Corbett sequels. I like the fact that... Uh, Greek wedding was everybody us catching up with everybody. And I already knew everyone. The only new character was kind of the daughter and her date. And that was really romantic. So I like that. And that's what I like about this is that I know these characters already. So I'm, you know, the, any introduction like John Ambrose. Okay. Is there even a competition between these two? Because they make it seem like there should be a choice between these two. And I think hands down, you got to go Peter over. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Because this is a huge, I guess, even with the book, this was a huge debate whether or not she made the right decision going with John. What is his name? John Ambrose. John Ambrose or Peter. I mean, I get I get why you would like John Ambrose, though. Don't say you because I don't like him. I get why one would like John. Okay, good. I think John Ambrose is a geek and I have no interest in him. And I think when you saw those two together, when you saw them standing well, next to each other alpha versus beta. Yeah. And when you saw them standing next to each other, when they are going to dig up the time capsule, I thought she's looking at this guy as a possibility over this other guy because yeah. Peter dwarfs this kid. Well, physically, yes. Physically, yeah. And he just looks like a man. But I think it's like they like she has more in common with John Ambrose. Like I understand like John Ambrose is comforting to her in a way that like Peter isn't. Like Peter Because he's not challenging. He doesn't challenge her. Yeah, but then there's the comfort in that. Then there's like, well, do I want somebody who pushes me or do I want somebody that I'm comfortable with? No, and- you want somebody who pushes you. <laughs> we know what you want. But not physically. Well, like John no. Ambrose, he he works at the old age home with her. He's, you know, they try and set it up that like Peter is a well-meaning, as nice as it gets, you know, athlete. Not doofus, but like lunkhead. He's a super. He's the sweetest lunkhead you could find. But they do set up that you know he he can't write his own poetry. He steals the poem and makes it about her. So it's like John Ambrose is the intellectual, you know, nice volunteer guy. But did anybody? I get, said I'm a Peter guy, but yeah, d- d- John Ambrose has his. He has yeah, his fans. I get it. I liked him better as a very young child when they do the flashbacks where they're reading together in the in the treehouse. I'd love that. And when they show up at the Halloween party dressed like she's French toast and he's deviled eggs. They, I thought he That's was so cute. I thought he was really cute as a kid. And then I saw him as an, a, a teenager and I was like, he's kind of a dweeb. He's very handsome. He's handsome. You got it. Come on. He's handsome, but he's not 
formed as a man yet to me. It looks like he's Laura Jean. You're talking about her not wanting to be an adult. And he, he is her staying in the past just in the fact that she used to love him back in the day. And now he is, does not symbolize manhood. He symbolizes boyhood still. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is why I would not pick him because I would want to graduate to a man. But you're, you're saying that right now as a man, as opposed to you don't have the point of view of still being a teenage girl who is scared about, you know, the things oh, that yeah. she's scared about. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking as an audience for this movie, not through her eyes. Right. Yeah, I think through her eyes, it's a pretty even match. I think ultimately she makes the correct decision and the decision that she needs to make and, like, that maybe the healthier decision, but it's, like... I understand from her, like they do a good job of introducing an entirely new character and then making it seem like she might choose him over the one that we've spent already an entire movie with, which I think is like difficult to do in a way that like feels real, but it felt like a real choice for her. And I think John Ambrose is cute. He's hot. He's cute. He's not hot. I mean, well, that's your opinion. So you can have your opinion, but I don't think he's hot. He's cute. I think when at the end, and we've spoiled this whole thing, we're going to spoil this, obviously, because you guys know the drill by now. At the end, when she, so she kisses John Ambrose, which there's only 13 minutes left in this movie, and she kisses this dude, and I thought, what the fuck? I was pissed, because I thought, what's happening here? And then she looks at him after the kiss, and to be John Ambrose, to look in her eyes after he kisses her, and she's just like... No, you see it. But you know what you see in John Ambrose after that, though? You see, no, you see some anger. You see some rage. I feel like he's going to. That's when you sort of liked him. No, I feel like he's going to be a cyber stalker. Wow. I feel like John Ambrose is going to be one of those jilted guys who was a nice guy up until he didn't get what he wanted. And then all of a sudden he's going to have. He's going to have a VPN. He's going to have fake Instagram uh, posts about her and all this stuff. Watch out for John Abrams, Ambrose, or whatever his name is. Well, he's going to change. He's going to change his name. He's yeah. going to have many different names. Yeah. So this this staying in the Netflix world, this becomes a you situation. It, I feel like the next movie is a thriller, and Peter needs to defend her from him or help defend. Mm-hmm. Because who knows if Peter survives? Because he'll be the first one to go. What do you guys think? Do you think Do you think John Ambrose is dangerous? No. I think he'll just move on to somebody else. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to wildly switch genres in part three. Well, because well, also it's like I don't. John Ambrose didn't necessarily like her until he got the letter. So it's not like he had been pining over her for years and years and years. It was sort of like uh, you know. She liked him, and he was sort of like, oh, maybe I like you back. What do you think of the most opulent old folks' home that's ever existed? I want to live there now. That We would all be happy to live there. Oh, yeah, I would love it. Do you think it's 35 and plus? Do you think I, I have a chance? I don't know. How many millions of dollars does it cost a year to live there? Because like the shittiest old folks' home costs... Hundreds of yes. thousands of dollars. They're like, sucking you dry no matter what. This has got to be multi-million. Oh, yeah. They have croquet. 
It's just a club. Why do they need volunteers? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they, that was, I mean, it, that. It's like built in what looks like a former museum. Yes. Like it's if, it's if the Met just became an old age home. And also everyone is very with it, very mobile, very happy to be there. Well, Stormy, who is. Holland Taylor. Is the, the main uh, woman that we meet at the old folks home. And she is a firecracker. Mm-hmm. And she kind of meddles a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, what do we think of her? Was she an interesting character? Do we have any thoughts on her, Stormy? No, Go nobody, nobody cares. <laughs> I can't say I was that connected to Stormy. Okay. She felt a little like, you know, I mean, listen, that's a, that's a character you get needs. It's, you get, you got both of them in this movie. You got the wise beyond her years kid and you got the youthful beyond her years, you know, old person. Okay. So you think that Laura Jean is a old soul and Stormy's like a young soul, even mm-hmm. though she's older. Yeah, and they met in the middle. Wow. <laughs> is Stormy back for the third one? Why are you so convinced there's going to be a third one? Because I... they already announced it. They did? Yeah. And you're convinced it's going to be a serial killer uh, mystery no. that focuses on a elderly flight attendant. No, I think no, I think John Ambrose gets his own his own movie. And it's Oh, I movie. think Kitty does. Just as like a mm-hmm. romance reader watching this, I was like, oh, I can't wait for Kitty to get her comeuppance because she, oh. she's meddling in everyone else's life. But then what happens when she falls in love? Well, because she sends there is a woman who lives across the street that is divorced, that is uh, the age of her, her, her age of her dad. And she sends a valentine to the woman across the street that. It's supposed to be from the dad, but it has glitter all over it. Because she's all high. to Mrs. Roth's yeah. child. She's all high because she's like, well, look, I'm a matchmaker now. Like, yeah. trust me. I know what I'm doing. And then she does the same exact thing she did with Laura Jean, although it's not the right demographic to <laughs> write a glittery Valentine. But what did you think of that relationship where she comes over for Thanksgiving, which is, what is it, Thanksgiving in March or something? Yeah. And this was something that the family used to do because the mom wanted Thanksgiving to get its own space other than Christmas. Mm -hmm. Which is a great idea. I love the idea of inventing uh, spring holidays. Yeah, but so the the neighbor is kind of thrust into this thing that is a memorial to the mom, which I feel like would be an awkward situation to be put in if you are courting the widower. I don't think that they were dating necessarily at that stage. They were like, like early state, like flirting, yeah. friendly, hanging out. I thought it was nice, though, because it is a nice way to honor the bomb, but not have it be so like sad. Yeah, it was like a celebration. So you would invite people to a celebration. They didn't take her to the grave and be no. like, do you want to come to the grave with my dad? <laughs> In a sparkly love letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the part that I thought you were going to talk about was the tradition that the school has that Adler has for Valentine's Day, which sounds like the worst, most annoying and time consuming tradition possible, which is sending people a cappella singers. Oh, yes. And then having them sing the whole song. What's well, a singing? Tele- it's the old singing telegram, <sighs> but it's with a cappella, So it's much worse. <laughs> So you don't want that. <laughs> no, that sounds truly like hell to me. Oh, boy. Wow. I, Good I thing that some, I got some checks to cancel. 
You just cancel checks. You don't cancel the singers. You, you just don't pay them. I just don't pay them. They're still showing up. But I can't pay them for this. <laughs> so for, for your guys' anniversary, there's yes. going to be acapella, but they're just not going to get paid. Unpaid acapella singers. Well, that makes me feel better as long as they're not getting stiffed. Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, that annoyed me. I was a, like, I like Twee, and then that was getting Twee to a stage where I was like, all right, let's, all right. And everybody seemed so into it at the school where yeah. when, you know, my school, that, I mean, acapella didn't even exist, I don't think. But this is, I this think you is only such a nice instruments. school. Everyone's it is. doing so well. It's like a, like a eye doctor's office as a high school. Yes. Wait. An eye doctor's office. Well, it's just like I a get it. Room. You get everyone, it. Yeah. It's like super Everyone's clean. Everyone's doing well at an eye doctor's office. Yeah. Nobody can see quite right. No, but like if you're at an eye doctor, that's like there's nothing really bad. You're at the emergency room. Like my high school was an emergency room. This exactly. is an eye doctor. Exactly. Because the eye doctor, what's you get? You're getting new contacts or everyone's out. Like uh, I'm not say everyone uses eye problems, but for the most part, if you're in a waiting room at eye doctor, it's. It's okay. Things are going well. Yeah, you're getting new glasses. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking <laughs> about frames. School. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so we, so. Clean's, uh, Clean's High School is the emergency room at Bellevue. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Bellevue. There was gunshot wounds and everyone's then, handcuffed to something. Oh, yeah. yeah everyone's yeah. handcuffed to something. They're using uh, plaster of Paris as. <laughs> oh, yeah, just to fill in, just to fill everything in. Here's to patch up gun wounds. <laughs> Here, plaster yourself. <laughs> and then go to home. <laughs> yeah, so uh do we so we would recommend this. Oh, a hundred percent. This is so watchable, so fun. I am so confused that there's a third one because like I don't understand what it could even be about. Isn't there a third book? Oh, maybe. Yeah. I all think right. there's a third book. For every I was looking up this movie and all I saw was Third movie, third movie, third movie. Oh, wow. Because I think this probably got a lot of views. Mm-hmm. When did you guys watch this? The day it came out. Yeah. Oh, you did? That's right. We did yeah. that night. Wow. So this was like a date activity. Yeah. yeah. No, this was uh, this was like a Sandler on Netflix movie. Ooh. You watch it the second it's available. I watched this movie today, the day of recording. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And this recording is coming out tomorrow. Yes. We usually do this way in advance, but we had quick to turn around. We, yeah, but this is going to be a quick turnaround. And it's also almost 11 p.m. right now. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so if you're wondering why. It wasn't you, there at midnight because mm, we were still recording it. Yeah, still recording it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think this I think these are fun and I think they could probably make a, a few of these movies. Like, I, I like I think this was the best of the two. Aaron, you think this was not as good as the first one, but I think that but there's still definitely... really good. Like yeah. I think the first one was such a high bar that it's like I liked the first one slightly more, but that doesn't mean this isn't like a great movie that I did enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and I think there's so much worse you could be watching on a streaming service than this. This is like a high quality type movie. The guy who directed this movie actually is a cinematographer. Who's you done can a, tell. Yeah, he's done. He did Doctor Sleep, which was the uh, Shining sequel that should have been called The Shining Two. Exactly, and then he also did House on mm-hmm. uh, the Haunted uh, Hill House, The Haunting of Hill House. So he did the cinematography on that. 
So, I mean, this was a beautifully shot movie. He does a lot of the Wes Anderson kind of centering everything, and everything's really meticulous. But sh- uh, uh, Laura Jean as a character is meticulous, so it really we're seeing a lot of this stuff through her eyes. So it makes sense that she would organize the world this way. And I love the touches of when she's thinking about stuff, the characters would show up and talk to her. And I really enjoyed that touch. I know it's mm-hmm. been done before, obviously, but the way it's done, I just thought was like really interesting when she's trying to figure out like, who does she like more and what should she do? And I don't know. High school is a great time to figure out what you want and who you want to be. And I think heartbreak is part of that. Yeah. Because you're resilient at that age. Like if you don't get your heart broken in high school, it's a shame because then you're going to get your heart broken in college, which is worse. And then if your first heartbreak is when you're in your 20s, that's really difficult. Yeah. Because it's a foreign country that everybody's already been to before you, usually. It's like Iceland. Yeah. So I think this is I think this is really good. And I think I don't even know. Do you think we have any high school listeners? We might have some young listeners. I don't know. Do do kids listen to podcasts? Of course. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But what I would say is like, if you're you're heartbroken or you're scared of getting your heart broken, go ahead and do it. Because it's like something that's going to happen eventually. And it's better that it happens young than it happens later. Yeah. You know, that's my thought. Clayton, do you have a swoon for this week? I do have a swoon, and it's funny because I always talk about how I never watch TV, but I binged a show last week. Uh, Hulu put out a show called High Fidelity based on the movie, the John Cusack movie, starring Zoe Kravitz. She's great. Yeah, she's awesome. She's so fun to watch. I wouldn't say that this series is great, but she's so good in it and she's so watchable that it makes me interested for a second season. Mm-hmm. But the idea behind it is that she is, she owns a record store in Brooklyn. She gets heartbroken, tries to figure out what happened, goes through all her top five X's. So it's kind of like the movie, but then it's stretched out and we meet different characters. And I liked it cause it had to do with movies. I mean, sorry, it had to do with music it had to do with being living in Brooklyn. Uh, I think it could have been a little bit more New York-centric. It didn't feel super authentic, but I still really liked it. And like I said, she's just really fun to watch, and it's worth it for people who would be interested in TV. Because a lot of people watch more TV than I do, so I do think that it's worth spending the time to watch the 10 episodes. So that's what I'm swooning about, swooning about. High Fidelity on Hulu. Aaron, what are you swooning about? I'll, I'm swooning about a TV show, too, and it's a TV show that's, like, a very old TV show, but it just showed up on Hulu again. So I feel like I was watching it for the first time. And it's No Reservations with Anthony Bourdain, which we all loved him. He was amazing, and it was a great show for so many reasons, but I recently rewatched a few episodes. I rewatched the Brooklyn episode and the desert episode and Boston. And I really enjoyed it. So that's what I did this week. So I would say if you want a good travel show, watch no reservations. Okay. Pat. Yes. Do you have a swoon? I do. (gasps) Oh, so what a pro. uh, And it's, it comes from a gift that, one of our co-hosts, my 
lovely wife Erin got me. <laughs> so for Christmas this year, Erin got me Beats headphones, which are great. That's not my swoon, though. <laughs> the thing that my his wife swoon, got him is not the swoon. No, my swoon is then a thing I got myself to go with those <laughs> headphones. So I go running every day. And, uh, you know, what a bod, right? I'm just super ripped. My Mm -hmm. legs are tree trunks. Yeah. And (laughs) I, you know, I used to use earbuds when I run to listen to my podcast. As soon as I got these beats, I'm like, I can never use earbuds again. But I didn't want to sweat through my headphones and ruin them. I I wore like a knit cap, but still not enough protection. So I looked up. They sell these things called ear hugs, which are little covers that you put over your Beats headphones while you run so that your sweat doesn't ruin your super cool Beats headphones. So ear hugs, they're from, they're come all the way from, uh, uh, from uh, Great Britain. Wow. Had to order them. They sent them across the pond boat, I think by boat, <laughs> just one boat to carry these little <laughs> tiny. It's not very good for the environment, but it's good for your Beats. It's good for my Beats and that's all that matters. So ear hugs. If you got Beats headphones and you run and you're worried about your ear sweat, get ear hugs. Wow. It's been swooning for a, a, over a month now. About and it. did you or did you not spring to also purchase the laundry bag? Oh, yes. And they come in a little pouch. Because you got to so wash them. So you can wash them. And you don't want them mixing it with underwear. So. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah. So they, I, I spent a little more and you put them in a little pouch. And, uh, yep. Well, how we, big are we, they? Like they're pretty big, though, right? Because they got to go over your beats. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, they're. I mean, they're tiny, but they're big. For you know, they're bigger than I guess covers for earbuds. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What are they called again? They are called ear hugs. Ear with a Z. hugs. We'll put a link. Yeah. Do they sell them on Amazon or no? You. That's you, probably where I got them. Okay. So yeah. we can do an Amazon link. Mm-hmm. Wow. Great swoon. This yeah. is great swoon. All right, everybody. So if you want to recommend something to us, you want to let us know which movie you liked better, uh, you can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Of course, like we always say, rate, review, subscribe. It's how people find us. So we really appreciate uh, when you guys take the time to do that. Um, You can always uh, follow us on Instagram at learningthetropes or on Twitter at learningtropes. Um, Next week is Act Like It by Lucy Parker. So if you guys haven't read that yet, go ahead read it uh, and then listen to us talk about it next week Um, and then finally learning the tropes is part of the frolic podcast network find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media podcast